0: Welcome to Branding Beauty where beauty meets branding in a symphony of innovation and inspiration. I'm your host Kira Lynch and on this show we deep dive into the dynamic world of beauty marketing. Join us each week as we unravel the stories behind the brands shaping the beauty industry, explore emerging trends and chat with the visionaries who define the essence of beauty in our ever evolving world. Get ready to uncover the secrets of successful branding in the beauty realm. This is Branding Beauty, where beauty gets a brand of its own. Welcome back to Branding Beauty. We're on season two and I'm your host Kira Lynch. We've also got Sarah back with us this week.
1: Hello, how are we?
0: Good, good. It's funny because we're recording this and the first episode hasn't even gone out yet. So it's like it's hard to know what the feedback is. But I think, yeah, really excited for it to um, come out as we're recording this. It'll be coming out tomorrow.
1: I know. I'm so excited. I feel like this season is going to be really, really good.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I actually had um, a meeting on Monday. I don't even think I told you this, but we can bring it up. (laughs) This can be a catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a meeting on Monday with somebody really interesting because um, obviously we put a lot of time and energy and a lot of research goes into the episodes that we put out there. And one of the things that we have mentioned is we'd love to get a sponsor on board um and I think to do that we want to make sure that we're continuously reaching new people so we were like okay how do we get the podcast out there to as many people as possible um so I had a a really cool call with somebody on Monday um I'm not going to mention who just yet in case it all falls flat but (laughs) um This really cool woman who specializes in podcast growth and podcast PR. Um,
1: Brilliant.
0: Or like, yeah, I know we're both Irish, so we say our or is funny, but like uh, public relations, (laughs) if you're listening (laughs) from the UK and not known what I had just said. Um, So that could be really cool, actually making sure that we're getting the podcast out out there too new people uh so I'm in the process of like exploring that um and a couple of different um services that she does so I'll definitely keep you in the loop Sarah probably not on the podcast maybe over email do a catch-up episode next week guys (laughs) (laughs) no um so yeah that could be really exciting because yeah we we just put so much effort into this that we want to make sure that we're reaching the right people and I think the people that do listen find so much value in it and it's just making sure we reach new ones.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're both so passionate about it and I think Mm. we can help a lot of people because I know that the beauty industry can be so overwhelming. It's constantly changing and it is hard to keep up. So I think our podcast is a good kind of safe space to discuss everything and give tips and tricks where we can. So I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, same um so how's your week been what have you been up to?
1: Busy I think we've been doing a lot of planning behind the scenes a lot of work on just growing the agency and our services and I think we're actually in a really good place here. I don't know how you feel but I think we're really going to go in the right direction this year just building our community and Oh my god I'm I'm just so looking forward to it. I, we have a lot of really exciting plans in the pipeline. You're heading away next week yourself I and Neov.
0: I am. Do you know what? We can talk about it in next week's episode cuz we teased it in last week. We did. It's yeah. so so between last week and this week the trip's been confirmed. So Neov and I who is our video editor, content editor at the agency um we're jetting off on monday now it's a really quick trip it's like two days but it's somewhere really glam it's so gorgeous um and we'll be back then obviously for recording next week so Sarah, yeah we can like fill you in um on the trip so basically we've been working with a new client since christmas so god we're kind of going into We started early December, so I feel like we're Mm. kind of coming up to that full, like nearly two months of working with them. And in that time, we've done a really beautiful strategy for them. I think it's just all going in a really great direction. Um, And as part of our services as well, a small little plug, um, that one of the things that we really have incorporated into our services is content creation, because I think you can do management, but to really make an impact, you have to really offer Content creation, which is wild to me that like some agencies don't do that.
1: I know it's insane. it's, it's, it's crazy. Such a Core part of everyone's strategy, I think. And if you don't have good content, you're not going to reach your right target audience.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we offer it as a fundamental in our services. And what's really great is sometimes opportunities come come up like this when you're working with a client that's overseas. it's also not product so it's not just like because we work with clients in France and and Italy and Ireland and they all send like products to us um but you know this isn't product it's like yeah we can't say too much it's like how can you explain it without explaining it um I would just say
1: keep an eye on our stories I'm going to be absolutely glued to those Instagram (laughs) stories next week I I cannot wait
0: I know I know I find myself like in meetings as well being like oh I can't do that I've actually got a business trip next week I'll be off
1: what a gorgeous <laughs> market as well though to be in like oh my god yeah we're so
0: so lucky it's funny because like whenever I say that like no one's asking where and I'm like <laughs> yeah. go on ask me ask me where I'm going
1: <laughs> she's dying for it guys come
0: on <laughs> she is dying to tell everyone I'm um, yeah, look, it doesn't happen that often, so I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, But yeah, we'll be able to talk more in detail about it next week. But we're going over and shooting for two days and looking at the space and just getting to know the team, actually, because I think we're so accustomed or accustomed to like knowing people through Zoom. Like, yeah. like Sarah and I have only really been in person twice, maybe twice, two times.
1: Twice, yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yet I know you so well.
1: I know, it's crazy. And it's a totally different experience Mm. as well when you meet someone in real life. Like I I even find with some of our clients, you talk to them on Zoom, but then you meet them in real life and you develop a better connection with them, I guess, in a sense. And you understand their brand and their passion for their brand a lot better. I just think it's so important. And I guess the world that we live in today we're so used to Zoom meetings from COVID, the pandemic, but it's so nice to be able to just get back outside again and actually do these things.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's um Yeah, it's nice to just get out of out of Zoom, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. God, I'm so used to sitting in front of this laptop screen. <laughs> I'm
0: sick of it. oh god I know today's topic is god I feel like if anyone's been preparing for this one I think it's been you Sarah you've been raving about this brand for god I think as long as I've known you
1: oh months sure I I remember last year I was like guys get a video do we actually have a video on our feed or real I was like we have to do something around this Mm. brand because they're so so big like they're just really popping off at the moment and I think their marketing strategy is just working so well for them. Yeah
0: we're going to dive into it because we've got lots to talk about we're going to look at a little bit of the history of the brand Um, we're going to be looking at a little bit of like and normally what we tend to do with these case studies is really look at social activation. But actually, I think this brand has done such a great job with blending just a brand activation. It kind of goes a little bit beyond just uh, marketing. So we're going to look at their their brand activation as well and just a little bit as well of like what people can learn from the brand. But Sarah, you, you are the one with the passion for this brand for sure um, and, and pushed for this episode. So do you want to maybe give us an intro into today's case study?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, as Kira said, today we are really diving into the scented success story of a brand that has completely captured the heart of beauty lovers across the globe, and that is none other than Sol de Janeiro. The Brazilian-inspired beauty brand has not only captured lightning in a bottle once, but twice. With a humble start in, I think back in the summer of 2015, they only had three products at the time. Sol de Janeiro completely skyrocketed to a stardom the following year when they're Brazilian. Now, I don't know if you say bum bum cream or boom boom cream. I've heard completely different interpretations of this word. So I'm going to go with bum bum cream. But
0: I say I say bum bum. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone who's listening thinks otherwise, do
1: To let us know (laughs) (laughs) But their Brazilian Bum Bum Cream claimed The top spot as the best Selling skincare product at Sephora Within just three months of launching Which is massive and if we fast forward to 2023, So de Janeiro decided to double down on their fragrance focus and the launch of the summer limited edition perfumess completely turned heads and noses and they sold out pretty much instantly. And these scents have really become more than just a fragrance, I guess. They've become a sought after sport for TikTok's fragrance obsessed community, like the way I got to know this brand Kira was through their fragrances. It's mm. all I saw like way before I came across the Bum Bum Cream, it was the fragrances.
0: That's so interesting because I, <clears throat> I've i actually known of the brand from the Bum Bum Cream because, okay. and in the research, which is, first of all, I want to say this is amazing, um, that they've kind of been able to use it but also not have it kind of follow them
1: yeah. but
0: unless unless the lady in the shop at the time was lying to me <laughs> like if that could also oh, no. have been could also have been a possibility but I was in South Africa when maybe about nine years ago um which was not too long after they had launched and the bum gum the bum 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 cream okay um I was in this like shopping center and I was in this like beauty skincare shop and the lady came up to me and I think I must have like just picked up the cream because it's like it's interesting packaging right so it's a little bit different it stands out um and I was looking at it and the lady came over and was like you know that the Kardashians swear by it and at the time I mean I'm not so much anymore but at the time I was like the Kardashians like your ears would pop up and I almost bought it and I didn't um I think I didn't I can't remember the reason I didn't buy it to be honest with you but um I didn't get it anyway but that was I remember my first introduction into the brand and I think that when you like She was saying, like, oh, this is going to be the product. The Kardashians swear by it. So she was, like, really selling the brand on the back of the Kardashian kind of press around it. But actually, when I was doing the research for this episode, I was kind of actually looking for an article around that. And I couldn't find one.
1: Oh, God, I never remember a time where the Kardashians were talking about Sol de Janeiro.
0: No, never. Now, (laughs) That's why I'm also like, the lady could have been lying to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anything to sell a product, Kira.
0: I mean, you got to do what you got to do. do. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we could be breaking up the wrong tree completely. But that was my introduction to the brand. And then I feel like they kind of have done they would be everywhere and then they'd kind of like slowly go away again and then I completely agree with you like the past year the brand is just continuing to drive more and more momentum and it's so true what you say TikTok is obsessed with fragrance
1: oh my god it is the platform to find your your new go-to fragrance Are you ready to take your brand to the next level but feeling overwhelmed about where to start? The Socially Care Agency team specializes in crafting personalized strategies to propel your business across all digital platforms. From dominating social media giants like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn, to optimizing your brand's website, email marketing, SEO, and conquering paid social and Google advertising, we're here to guide you every step of the way. But we don't stop there. We take a deep dive into your industry, sharing success stories, analyzing competitor strategies, and providing a detailed SWOT analysis for your brand. Think of us as your digital partners committed to helping you thrive online. Are, re- are you ready to make it happen? Email hello at sociallycuria.com to book in with us now. Yeah. Whenever I want to find out more about a fragrance, I just use TikTok. Like that's my search mm. engine platform now. I don't go to Google. I don't go to Instagram. It's straight to TikTok.
0: Yeah, it's funny because we work with a couple of fragrance brands and not all of them are on TikTok for a couple of different reasons. But whenever I'm looking for inspo around their content. I still go to Instagram because I find with TikTok, it's all reviews and it's yes. dupes. I mean, there's loads of dupes. But um, I think it's a great platform if you are that consumer doing research. But then when you're a creative looking for inspo, I don't know if TikTok matches um, or no. like can, can compete with Instagram on that level. But then that's the beauty of them being very different platforms.
1: Absolutely. Actually, do you know what? That is a really interesting point because when I'm looking for inspo, I'll go to Pinterest. Pinterest is my mm. baby. I yeah. am obsessed with that app. I'm on it morning, noon and night. Yeah. I use it for <laughs> everything. It's the best.
0: It is the best. Do you know what though? For video, I don't find it to be the best, but for yeah. creative direction, all of that stuff, for sure. You get loads of inspiration there.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Let's bring it back to Sol de Janeiro. When we look at 2023, the brand experienced a year of record growth marked by a staggering 430,000 average monthly Google searches, which was up 18% from the prior year, 2022. And according to a digital trend forecasting agency, SPACE, they gave us all of this info. So join us. We love Spade. Oh my God, we do. (laughs) And our clients love it too. So big shout out to Spade actually. Yeah. But yes, let's get into it. Let's talk about their journey from beginning right up until where they are now.
0: So I think the best place for us to, to really get into Sarah is really looking at some of the brand activations and the first and probably I don't know what you would agree with, but probably in my defense, they're most successful. Um, The one that I definitely know them as is the Brazilian bum bum cream craze. That is harder to say than you would actually think. I don't know why. (laughs) I had this last week where I couldn't actually say things either. Maybe it's a Wednesday thing. I'd say it is. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, Sol de Janeiro was born from Yang, who's the founder, and her exposure to Brazilian beauty standards, which were so different from what she'd experienced from living in the US. Um, and she worked at major brands from Estee Lauder to L'Oreal and Clinique, but she moved to Brazil in 2018 to be with her husband and start her family. It was there on the beaches in Brazil that Yang witnessed the easygoing way that women felt free to express themselves. And this was looking at it years before, actually, it became the norm to be like confident and have that like kind of confident self-expression um, and that body positivity movement, which I think is so popular now. And that's really um. You know, something that everyone strives for. But in 2008, that was definitely not the case and our beauty standards. So what she had said was, at the time I was pregnant and the idea of going to the beach in a tiny Brazilian bikini was new to me and it challenged my own body confidence. I saw the way young Brazilian women felt comfortable in their own skin, all shapes, sizes and skin tones. And it inspired me, inspired me. I was my, at my heaviest in my life and. In the tiniest bikini, yet never felt so liberated. Then Yang joined forces with Mark Capri and Camilla Pirati. I yeah. think at this stage we know I can butcher pronunciation. Um, so apologies. Uh, to launch Sol de Janeiro in 2015 with a mission to spread this sense of non judgment, joy, and confidence that she experienced at the beach. The brand's first. Product, the Brazilian Bum Bum Cream, was an instant hit with consumers who loved the cheeky name, the bright yellow packaging, and the deliciously sugary scent. Today, it's still the brand's number one best selling product. And according to a representative from the brand, it sells one Brazilian Bum Bum Cream every eight seconds. And I love a stat like that. You do? You do go mad for a good snack. I do. I do. I'm like, one sold every minute, one sold every... I love it. I love... I buy into like the PR around it. Yeah. Michael. Like, I need to have it.
1: it it's you pretty know? insane. And you know, I'll actually be honest, I don't think I've ever smelt the Bum Bum Cream. Mm. I've never gone into store and specifically went over looking for the Bum Bum Cream. I've always just gone and smelt their fragrances.
0: Yeah, you're definitely drawn to the fragrance, whereas I was kind of more the body care. I find in the beauty industry, body care is kind of, and this is just a personal opinion, I don't think it's like right across the board, but Mm -hmm. I feel like body care is the area that I am least interested in. So like if ever I'm in Space NK or, you know, if I'm in just like even boots, it could be boots, it yeah. could be selfridges, it could be anywhere. I don't tend to go for the body care. um, But when I'm gifted it, I find it such a giftable present. I love it. Like I go into my whole ritual of like on a Sunday, but it's not something I buy for myself. I don't know. Would you be the same?
1: I'm actually the same. Yeah. I don't think I prioritize, I guess, my body care. Like when I go into Brown Thomas, let's say now in Cork, I'm straight over for a spray of perfume. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll go to the makeup <laughs> counters and have a yeah. look at what's new in. And then I'll go over to like Benefit, or de Janeiro. There's a whole area for those kind of products. But I'll never go and look at the latest shower gel or a body lotion. It's always fragrance, makeup, yeah. a little bit of skincare kind of, but never body care.
0: Yeah. It's just the one area for me that... I don't prioritize um so for one to be sold every eight seconds is just incredible um Yang also goes on to say we didn't wait for the market to tell us what was missing we went ahead and created something that people didn't even know that they wanted um and by daring to innovate and fill a total addressable opportunity we delighted consumers and changed the game so it's exceedingly rare for new beauty brands to see this type of success with its first product that they bring to market. And Yang attributes this success to the strength and clarity of Sol de Janeiro's original brand mission. Sol de Janeiro was not born because we saw a gap in the market and decided to fill it. Instead, we had a mission to fill an emotional white space. I have never come across that particular phrase before, like an emotional white mm. space Um and I love it. Like, I'm definitely going to use that in the future. Um, we wanted to spread confidence and the encouragement to feel good in one's skin. And we created a product that fits that very emotion and feeling, Brazilian Bum Bum Cream. Um, so with its sustained viral success, it might come as a shock to learn that Soldier Janeiro's founders were initially told by industry insiders to avoid gourmand notes, which is... What gives the cream its overly sweet scent, which I know is like the next um the next kind of brand activation that we're gonna go on to is kind of its movement into fragrance um so yeah it, it it's interesting that <clears throat> even a brand with this like success, they trust their God and they kind of didn't take i suppose the industry experts' advice on the direction of the brand. It's always like, no, I, th- I believe that this is what we're going to do and we're going to move forward with it. And I think you hear a lot about that from founders of these really successful brands of, of trusting their gut.
1: Mm. And I think it's so important as well, <clears throat> isn't it? Like they must have done <clears throat> a massive amount of consumer research and stuff before this, before yeah. deciding to launch this product. And they didn't listen to... The guys at the top, they just went with what felt right for them. And I actually often think when you do that, you're going to be way more successful than maybe following the guys in the big leads.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like this type of scent was often seen as immature or unsophisticated and with notes of vanilla, pistachio and salted caramel, which just sounds like a summer dream. Um, Brazilian bum bum cream was undeniably sweet, which as it turns out is exactly what consumers were interested in buying and particularly Gen Z shoppers. And while we were putting notes together for this as well, I think that was the one thing that I think kind of came true to me because there's like tenure of an age difference between you and I, Sarah. I'm yeah. definitely like core millennial, like <laughs> core millennium. And then um, you are such a Gen Z. And I think actually you get the brand in a different way than maybe I get it.
1: I think so. I yeah. Sometimes I do <clears throat> feel like I always have a different standpoint maybe compared to like you or Mm. Jen or Niamh but I think I guess as you said it is just looking at it from a different angle from what maybe the younger generation want and I think that's so important in a lot of people's strategies now is okay what's going to suit Gen Z because they're on TikTok they're always searching on TikTok or they're on Instagram how can we target them how can we get them to buy into our products and I feel like it's, I don't know, Gen Z, I guess, is just an important age group to look mm-hmm. at when you're coming up with your brand strategy because there's a huge amount of us here. Yeah. And we're all over social media all the time. So it's really important to look at, I guess, how we can target them in the right way because we don't want to be, I guess, completely sold to anymore. It's all about soft selling and and that kind of yeah. thing. And that could be a whole other episode. But Yeah, it's just interesting to see, I guess, how you can sell to different markets.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, it obviously works. Like the searches for the terms gourmand alongside fragrance increased 12% year over year, according to our lovely space. And searches for vanilla fragrances, which is a key top note in the Brazilian bum bum cream, experienced a similar spike of 11% year over year. Again, the founder goes on to say our brand is all about creating unique sensorial experiences that leave a lasting impression on our customers. And the Bum Bum Cream just does exactly that.
1: Even that sentence alone would make me want to head up to Brown Thomas now after this podcast episode and treat myself.
0: I know. But do you know what? Having done like research on this brand over the last week, um, in in bigger detail you know what I'm heading into town tomorrow Yeah, I might get it you know I've convinced myself
1: (laughs) I know but even just these sentences it's like oh maybe I actually should just go and buy the product instead of just having a a sniff when I go into store
0: yeah but I think it's when you understand it in a bit more detail and you're kind of like okay I understand what this brand is trying to do now and um We've spoken a lot about the fragrance and as well and how that's played like such a key role. It's actually our next big moment in the brand's transition. So Sarah, do you want to talk about us with Sol de Janeiro's transition into fragrance?
1: Yes, absolutely. I guess considering that fragrance has always been an invaluable part of Sol de Janeiro's brand story, expanding into the fragrance category was a really natural next move for them. In March 2020, Sol de Janeiro, they released its first eau de parfum, I think it's Chirosa 62, which has the exact same scent as the iconic Brazilian bum bum cream, and that name comes from the Portuguese word churrosa which means to smell amazing how cute is that
0: I mean I saw that and I was like that is so cute yeah I love so
1: it so cute so when creating Chirosa 62 with the fragrance house Robert Tett, The brand really wanted to wholeheartedly capture and also communicate the idea of the Brazilian concept of Churrosa. So for them, it kind of meant smelling incredibly delicious and edible, which is quite a word to describe a fragrance, isn't it? I
0: know. I know. And they really... It's a good
1: one. And they really wanted their gourmand notes to uplift and bring joy to the customer. So they created this scent using notes like salted caramel, pistachio, vanilla, which I love, Mm. and also really rich florals. Um, And they all agreed that these ingredients were absolutely irresistible and delicious. And at the same time, also, it linked back to the source of their inspiration, which was, of course, Brazil. So the timing, it couldn't have been more perfect, I guess, in a way, because perfume sales completely exploded during the pandemic. I know I went on a fragrance craze. I think that's actually where my love for fragrance grew.
0: Same. There was something about just sitting at home, your hair up in a ponytail, yeah. not a not a scrap of makeup no. on, in joggers and a hoodie, <clears throat> but knowing you smell great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like you looked smelly, but you weren't.
1: Yeah. And I also yeah. think it, it, it's just such a mood booster, isn't it? Yeah. I just love it.
0: Certain things in my beauty routine became so important to me. Fragrance was right up there oh absolutely fragrance and also like a good um like cleanser for me I was like I just wanted to like clean my face all the time um so a good cleanser and moisturizer I think that's where like my love I always loved skincare but I think I kind of became a lot more passionate about it and then as we were kind of like building the agency even more through that time we were working with a lot of beauty brands anyway so Mm -hmm. everything was kind of aligning together so well and now I'm like I think we have a speciality here.
1: Oh, we do. We abs- we are beauty obsessed.
0: We really are. Um, and you know, like through this podcast, we're kind of learning more of like these aren't just like surface level brands. They have missions. They're <clears throat> they're actually setting out to do bigger things and mm-hmm. like Sol de Janeiro is just such a great example of that brand. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with your point that fragrance and the pandemic it's a case study in itself
1: it did but sure even here like when we talk about their perfume it was the fastest growing category in 2021 and it grew 11% in 2022 and this Epic growth was due in part to increased spending from higher income consumers and also an increase in socialization, I guess, coming out of the Mm. pandemic. And of course, we have the very popular hashtag perfume talk trend on TikTok, which currently as we're speaking stands at over 4.8 billion views, which is massive, isn't it?
0: I know. I know. It's crazy. It's kind of like book talk as well
1: oh my god it is
0: yeah I mean people who are listening may not know I have a second podcast which is all about books so like my two things that you'll catch me talking about on any given day are books and beauty (laughs) um so yeah I think a lot of my my Instagram algorithm is like beauty talk perfume talk or yeah books it's like it's such a blend but TikTok's such a great platform for discovering new brands and and discovering like just new things. And I think it's done in a really authentic way.
1: It absolutely is. And like Sol de Janeiro, their fragrances alone became a standout hit among TikTok's community of those who were just completely obsessed with fragrance. And mm. they rocked up over 1.2 billion views alone, just talking about their fragrance, which is absolutely crazy
0: mm.
1: and according to data from tribe dynamics of de Janeiro generated an estimated 32.3 million dollars of earned media value in 2022 which was up 41 percent from 2021 like that growth over such a short period of time i just think it's mind-blowing
0: and like when you think about it, like yeah, a brand can do a lot over a year, but actually, it takes a lot on the everyday. Like you need to be constantly on it, constantly switched on, thinking about how you can continuously move the brand forward. There's an, there's it probably seems like it's a lot of luck, but it's a lot of like strategy gone mm-hmm. behind that. Um, and look, we say it in most episodes the product has to perform for it Absolutely. to kind of really accelerate into those levels because especially when you're building up community-based audiences and creators being on board, look, there are some influencers out there who will post and not really like or care about the brand, but they're being paid. So they're going to talk about it. Look, I hope that that's kind of becoming few and far between, but it it happens. I think realistically it does happen, but for the most part, your product has to perform for it to be to go that viral and become that brand.
1: It does. And I guess that brings in the importance of UGC content as well. And just the whole fact of like real people actually truly loving your brand that's what's going to push your brand forward and when we look at Sol de Janeiro more than 4,000 creators started sharing content about the brand how much they loved the perfumes and the bum bum cream and they basically got an increase of 16% from 2021 on sales which is a really lovely jump and Mm. that's only 4,000 creators like it's a lot but I guess it's it's not that much at the same time and their sales were driven because real people liked their content and just, I love the way some of these creators started talking about it as well online. It was very much kind of like sit down videos. They'd be doing their makeup. They'd be talking about their fragrance or was it get ready with me. It was kind of, I guess, pro- product placement played, played a huge part, but it yeah. was soft selling as well. It wasn't you need to get this fragrance. It was just kind of casual. And I think that really worked for them.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: The brand also went on to say that their fragrances, they don't only make their customers feel good, but they also elicit positive reactions from those around them, which further strengthen the connection between their brand and also its followers. So again, community played a really huge factor in their strategy, which is really, really important. Currently, Sol de Janeiro has garnered over 150 million views on the hashtag Brazilian Crush, with 75% of the top view TikToks exclusively featuring perfumists and organic mentions from influencers like Alex Earl, who we all know, Zara McDermott, and Jojo Siwa, which is a bit of a random one, have yeah. completely <laughs> helped. <laughs> have all of these alex earl zara mcdermott and jojo siwa
0: i know. completely
1: helped they've completely helped the brand's perfume mist become the latest must-have item with all of the gen z consumers which is really really
0: interesting i think we would go on in a second to talk about like their body mists but then again when we were doing research for this episode a body mist or a body spray for me, just brings me right back to being a teenager. I don't know, Sarah, if this was um, a thing in your time, but it really was in mine. You know, those impulse body sprays? Yeah, I had oh them. my God, they yeah. are such, like, I couldn't get enough of them when I was a yeah. teenager. I was like, oh my God, i got to get into boots, get my impulse body spray. <laughs> and then I think, like again, linking that Gen Z consumer to Sol de Janeiro, I thought it was genius.
1: It was. But even even just looking at the transition of body myths, like when we look at the impulse, they didn't last that long. Like they weren't very Mm. long lasting. Now we look at body myths now and sometimes they're actually almost preferred over like your Eau de Parfum because they have that long lasting ability. Yeah. Like it's insane when you look at the transition of those type of products.
0: Yeah. And it's so much more has gone into like the production and the quality of them as well. Mm. Whereas... Yeah. Oh my God. Everyone was wearing that little, like, little purple impulse one. I can see it <laughs> <Yeah>. now.
1: <laughs> or even I'm just thinking about like the Hollister body mist. I remember going to John Drum oh, yeah, yeah. and you'd go in and you'd be picking it up and you would feel like you were on
0: top of the world. Oh my God. A hundred percent. There's like so m- many oh things from beauty and fashion that <laughs> we don't want to talk about. Really. <laughs> no. Yeah god no no what don't. a time to be alive <laughs> i know i miss it sometimes i really yeah. do i know i saw this um thing actually on tiktok um tiktok is such a, a great place as well because it can bring you to a place of nostalgia of like oh that actually I forgot about that but um saltburn which i know we were talking oh about god, a couple yeah. of weeks ago not on the pod but like in person um and obviously, that is set in 2016, going into twenty seven No, yeah. sorry, 2006 going into 2007. So I was 16, 17 at the time. Um. And so I was the cat And you were six. <laughs> oh my god. Um. But those characters would have been like a few years older than I was. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing this thing on TikTok where apparently because well, Sulper is such a big movie, we can't really kind of say that it isn't but like so many people now who are kind of gen z are like almost romanticizing that time um and I'm like it was not good for fashion or anything like that but I was like but it was a great time like even um Jacob Elordi's character like with the eyebrow piercing I'm like oh dying but that was like (laughs) such a thing oh Um, such a good movie yeah, oh it's well, it's such a good movie. Um but yeah, the fashion, the music, um even you could even talk about like the beauty in the movie. Like we've got like um the sister, what's her name? Vanilla? Yes, yeah. Um, and like even the roots, like she's got the blonde yeah. hair and the roots are <laughs> terrible and the chipped nail varnish. And that was so stylish at the time I remember having chips and nail varnish going into my job in River Island and thinking I was the bee's knees like (laughs) you look at it now and you're like oh god no no but even like the foundation
1: over the lips you'd have a covering
0: I was a strong consumer of that look (laughs) and Sarah we were all We we thought we were (laughs) the bee's knees I had the biggest side fringe oh my god it was no it was awful but you know what that's why when I see people romanticizing that time I was like "Mm, I think sobering made it look good but it wasn't good
1: (laughs) (laughs) the beauty of movies though isn't it it just transports you into this world making you think everything is amazing yeah and then reality hits and you're like oh yeah
0: this is actually real life and it's funny how like movies and music can have an impact on like aesthetics and social trends in that capacity um mm-hmm. uh, i'm actually writing a piece for our our blog at the minute around the new aesthetic of like mob wife which is kind of what we're seeing a lot on tiktok at the minute so um it might it might be published by the time this episode comes out so if it is i'll I'll leave it in the show notes um and, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one because we're going from like vanilla girl aesthetic, like the clean girl yeah, into mob wife. So it's um it's quite a jump, but I can I can see it getting a little bit bigger, you know.
1: I was before we started recording this episode I was actually watching Sherlock's latest vlog on their YouTube their podcast oh and they were my, talking yeah. about mob wives Go on. and they were like it's like Desperate Housewives 2.0 just bring yeah. it back to that time with the iconic hair and the yeah. makeup and this girl was she's on that she was on the podcast she's Italian and she was like guys, hold up. That's me. I've had this all my (laughs) life.
0: She was like, why is this just a trend now? I know. It's so funny how these things come around um, because I'm actually watching. We're going off on such a tangent. We will get back to Sol de Janeiro. (laughs) But I am watching. um, I'm watching The Real Housewives of New York City. It's been because there's so many seasons. I was like, I can't. I can't commit to it. But I've just gone in, you know, I've gone in because Salt Lake City is nearing an end. Um, So I've gone in, I'm on season three already, would you believe? Oh my god. And it's because it's so old, like it was that time, like the fashion is, is a very sex in the city. And I feel like that's intentional with the music and, you know, where they're going and having their cocktails. Um, And I love it. But I feel like a little bit of like mob wives is in there a little bit.
1: It is, 100%. Yeah. I, but even this girl was saying, because like, she's from Italy, she's from Milan, I think she said, Um, And she was like, I remember, you know, back in the day with my grandmother, she'd be walking down the street in her fur coat with her fag hanging out of her mouth. And she was like, that wasn't a trend. So it's it's so interesting to even look at the evolution of a trend. I mean, we could do a whole other episode. I know we're going off on a tangent, but there's so many different things to look at there. It's just Mm. crazy, isn't it?
0: And it is interesting how they play a part in beauty, which yeah it's it's interesting, and then you've got some brands that just don't want anything to do with trends. They build like brands around like a mission around sustainability or like you know for a certain type of skin or whatever. Let's move
1: on and talk about the Sol de Janeiro's Brazilian crush body fragrance mist, yeah because that has seen quite an impressive growth of twenty nine point five percent year over year and a representative from so de janeiro has told beauty matter that the brand sells one perfume mist every seven seconds
0: It's another amazing stat that we've got
1: isn't it i mean I, yeah. I actually do remember before christmas i was really tempted to buy the fragrance and every single time i went to get it it was sold out
0: and that even that effect makes you want it more
1: the oh sold God, out effect.
0: Yeah. Like we work with an Italian, um, an Italian beauty brand and we do all of their advertising for the UK. And they have this, these two products, right. And they sell out every month. So every time I go on a meeting with them, they're like, Oh my God, we're sold out again, we're sold out again. And then now what we started to do is like, turn that into a positive and be like, okay, the sold out, like insane, because and we know that it's all coming from the ads, which is, I mean, insane and incredible. Yeah. Um, one of the products is really unique to them, and then the other is just, I think, a product that people love. Um, and I think you can, I think because they're always sold out and hard to get, people it makes people want them more.
1: Oh my god, it does. I actually think. I remember seeing this brand on Look Fantastic before Christmas because I really wanted to try their products. And mm. you had to set yourself a notification to get oh, reminded stop. when it came back in stock. And I, the way I am on the ball with those notifications, Kira, as soon as that notification comes through in my email saying something is back in stock, I You're am honest. on it. There's no wasting time here. It doesn't oh matter what I'm God. doing. Did you get it? No, I tried, but it went back. I know, I literally had clicked on the link. I was brought into the page, ready Mm. to check out. Gone. Gone. I know. So I'm pretty much every day now heading in, checking my emails, checking Mm. the product. And fingers crossed we'll get there one day.
0: Yeah, you will. I believe in you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get back to... The brand are uh, talking yeah. about another perfume mist that they have really recently brought out, which I feel like here it might be your vibe because okay. it smells like fall or like autumn, as we would oh. say here in Ireland. Okay. It has an amber floral scent with warm hints of blackcurrant, midnight jasmine, and amber woods. What mm. are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, gorgeous. Yeah, I love it.
1: Okay, Yang said that much like the warmth of Cherosa 71, they're going to continue to expand their scent stories to meet our consumers where they are seasonally. So who knows what kind of scents they're going to bring out this year. I think they'll bring them out thick and fast. I feel like they're really on the ball with like trends and what people want. And I think their kind of consumer research overall is really, really good. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what kind of perfumes they do continue to bring out this year. I have smelt a few of them and they're really nice. I don't know if they'd be completely my style, you. I guess. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm I'm sitting here waiting for them to bring out the right one.
0: I love that. And I, I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but the seasonality approach of like, and I think bringing that into fragrance is so genius I went to a Joe Malone pop-up just before Christmas and they did a few limited edition scents it was like the ginger was in there and cinnamon and oh my god it was unbelievable but I think um it's kind of like Neon as well they bring out like we have a couple of their diffusers at home and like we got a cinnamon one and like Mm -hmm. the scent around the house yeah I think yeah it's just like season smells and seasons actually is yeah it's so interlinked I think
1: it is and mm. even just like when you pop away your fragrance or whatever for a season you bring it out the neck like memories kind of come back and it's all about yeah. that experience as well which I think is so vital especially in the fragrance industry
0: yeah um I think that leads us quite nicely into the next brand activation, which is about experience, and that's the campaign partnerships and immersive pop ups so in May, at the peak of consumer peak of consumers interested in the brand's summer sense, Sol de Janeiro launched their biggest global campaign to date, so they partner with uh, Brazilian native Barbie Ferreira for their where will They Take You campaign to celebrate the brand's limited edition summer fragrant mists. So Barbie has been a fan of our brand for quite some time, um, says Yang, and she truly reflects the essence of our brand. So our partnership was a natural progression. The Where Will They Take You campaign marked the brand's most significant marketing investment to date, resulting in a sales lift of plus 33% and over $2 million in earned media value from over 50 paid content creators. So the investment clearly paid off. And in the last quarter of the year alone, the brand sold triple digit growth in the category organically. And Sol de Janeiro's fragrances have already generated over four times the sales when compared to 2022. I love stats like that because also I think a lot of, and this is like for any marketing manager out there, brand manager out there who has to justify a marketing budget and spend. I spent many years doing it myself. It kind of gets to that time where you're almost like fighting and pitching. It's like Dragon's Den (laughs) internally for budgets. And you're like, you know, you always have to justify a return on, on, a return on, on the investment. And with marketing in particular, it can be difficult to justify spend before it happens because you're like, it will increase in awareness, impressions. But I think a case study like that shows like the payoff of it. Um, So I think that's a really good example to take note of if anyone, is in need of those kind of stats. Um, so Soldier Genero Janeiro also hosted a series of immersive pop-up events through the year to interact with their passionate followers and fans offline. And I think that's lovely as well because... They understand the importance of online, but actually the connection and community can also happen offline. So in early 2023, the brand hosted their first bi-coastal pop-ups in New York and L.A. to celebrate being named Sephora's biggest ever seller in body care, as well as the launch of the new bum bum cream for Mesa Oil. In the spring, Sol de Janeiro partnered with Look Fantastic for its first ever UK pop-up and which this was hosted at the Battersea Power Station in London. Both pop-ups offered coupons and free samples of products and featured encouraging messages of self-love as part of the, ba- the brand's installation. Again, goes back to the original mission of the brand, um, which is always really lovely to see. And these uplifting messages resonate with Gen Z consumers who prioritise purchasing from purpose-driven brands and I think as someone who isn't Gen Z um I even know from like even just talking to you Sarah that like that is such a big thing like for you as well and I think it goes back into that like um what was the term that you used silent selling
1: oh yes yeah soft selling
0: soft selling soft that's selling. <laughs> silence you're not saying anything silent selling
1: <laughs> oh, do you know what I yeah that is true actually because I i mean I don't know is it because I work in the beauty industry and I'm in marketing so yeah whenever I'm looking to buy a product I just do a deep dive into like the history of the brand or I learn more about the founders and yeah. if I see that a founder is really passionate about what they do and their products and then I'll have a look at creators as well then I'll buy into it but if I don't seem like a lot of passion there or if I feel like maybe their messaging isn't right then I don't buy into it I don't know is it because I just work in marketing or is it because I am Gen Z maybe it's a mix of both but I do think that looking at their values and even their mission statements and stuff is really
0: important yeah I'd say it's a mix of both you know
1: yeah I guess maybe Um, it is
0: yeah I would say but That would just be a guess, to be honest.
1: Yeah, true. But even when I look at my friends, like they definitely don't, they don't work in marketing. They're all in different areas. Some are in corporate. And for them, like it would be all about sustainability and looking Mm. at their environmental practices. What are they doing to be sustainable and what are they doing to stay ahead of the curve? So I guess it's up to people as like individuals as well, kind of what they want to prioritize when looking to purchase from a brand.
0: Yeah, you'll have different things that kind of mean, that, that will probably have differences of importance yeah. for you. Um, so to generic I kind of say, with this is like authenticity is, is I suppose, integrated into their approach into everything relating back to the brand. So from product to social, to campaigns, to marketing. Um, and then the founder, Yang, has said, following our Time to Worship You pop-up, Uh, surrounding our Bum Bum Body Forenza Oil launch. We've spent the summer going across the country with our campaign State of Mind um, on a tour bus and could not be more thrilled with the excitement from our consumers. So it could, you know, I think following as well a a pandemic, which kind of a lot of brands pull back on events and and I suppose travel, I suppose, for their teams Mm -hmm. as well, that it must be quite nice for them to get out there again. God, I can imagine the
1: buzz they get as well, just from seeing all of the people come out and people who just worship their brands. I mean, I wish there were more immersive pop-up experiences here in Ireland. Mm. I feel like we don't do a lot here. Like I know in London at the moment now, I think it was over the weekend, Selena Gomez did like a pop-up experience for her brand Rare Beauty.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my God, I wish we did more of that here.
0: I know. They do quite a good bit here. Um... I didn't actually go to that one. I I had it noted in the diary, but I didn't get a chance to go down to it. Um. Yeah, I. Must but keep even an when eye we out. look at
1: like the Prada cafe and the Dior oh, yeah. cafe that was there, like all of those little things that kind of bring you into the brand a little bit more. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such a treat.
0: Oh, it really is. Definitely. Um. So we have loads more that we could talk about the brand. Um and we've got so many in our notes, but I think we do need to maybe start wrapping this episode up a Me little do. bit. Um <laughs> so maybe what we can move on to is what brands can maybe learn from Soldier Janeiro. And then what we can do is everything else we can put in the show notes um which will be up on our website as well. Um, so you'll have all of the lovely information. But yeah, Sarah, do you want to talk us through what brands can learn from Soldier Janeiro?
1: For sure. I guess the first thing would be the power of harnessing customer feedback. I think that Sol de Janeiro do a really, really good job at this. You'll see on their Instagram and on their TikTok as well, they do like a series and on TikTok, they have a playlist and it's called SDG on the street. So this is basically where one of their employees goes out on the streets and they conduct vox pops with members of the public mm-hmm. um, giving their verdict on its products directly to the camera. They kind of ask, I guess, what the perfume smells smell like and the video compilations have been known to accrue millions of views on Instagram and TikTok as well. And I think yeah. that brands should really utilize consumer feedback and also like reviews from their friends in an engaging way on social media and that's going to really create that buzzy content that comes across authentic and that's going to actually really sell your product. Mm. I love those types of videos at the moment people out on the street Mm. I just think that's so good and it's just it's
0: authentic isn't it
1: It is. And that's what people want. And that's a huge trend in 2024 as well. We're moving away from kind of, I guess, maybe being a little bit fake online. It's all about just being you and being authentic and for your brand as well. That's what people want to see and that's what's going to sell at the end of the day. I guess moving on next, it's all about the importance of showing internal expertise. And as a brand, Sol de Janeiro, they're really, really smart on how they use their in-house experts to add insight and value to their products. So from product usage tutorials hosted by the head of product to interviews with both their co-founder and CEO they are always providing guidance to their customers and Mm -hmm. they're also capitalizing on the knowledge of their employees. And I think that's, again, another really good thing for brands to know that they can showcase their team to relate
0: more closely with consumers. Yeah, I love that. And I think like using your team, because they're looking at the products every day, like no one probably knows these products better than these people. And there is education behind that.
1: Oh my God, there is. I love when I hear experts coming on talking about the products, like they know exactly what is going on day to day within the brand. And a lot of them are really, really passionate as well about what they do. And that comes across. And again, the authenticity part, it just, it all links up really well together.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Another thing that Sol de Janeiro do really well as well is they are constantly having their finger on the pulse. They're always in the moment and they definitely don't shy away from joining cultural conversations um, and also pop culture references, trends, and they completely maximise awareness and shareability in that way whilst also letting their personality completely shine through. So, from memes using like Bridgerton stills to popular video filters and also um timely celebrity images so De Janeiro really I guess they're just able to have fun on social media and that also Mm. links into like even when you think of their packaging that's really fun and it's creative and their ads and stuff they all I think it all just links in really well with each other again And then obviously collaborations, I think I won't touch on this too much because I know we kind of talked about it throughout this episode anyway, but they have, oh my God, such... I guess a good strategy when it comes to collaborations. I mean, they're still working with Barbie Ferreira, they work with Anita, which I know are like two of the biggest faces, I guess, of their fragrances and their campaigns. And they're constantly reposting content from their creators as well. And this just shows the importance of content creators, UGC being relevant and also, I guess, resonating with their core
0: market. Yeah, for sure. I think like the biggest takeaway with the brand is that they're keeping themselves current and relevant with their target audience, um, but doing everything in a way that's also remained very true to their mission.
1: Oh my God, absolutely. And I don't think they've changed who they are. They haven't Mm. changed their brand voice or anything really since they've started. They've just gone along with the times but they've done trends in their own way which Mm. I think works really really well
0: yeah it does and I think because they're doing it that way as well it's kind of like people are taking notice
1: yes oh my god absolutely and they stand out as well in a really overcrowded market
0: for sure I mean the beauty space is so overcrowded isn't it it's
1: massive and there's new brands coming out every day so it's hard to stay on top but Mm. they're doing a pretty good job
0: I think we'll wrap it up there for Sol de Janeiro.
1: I think we should. It is, this
0: probably is a long episode. It's a long episode, but I think there's so much great stuff in it that I think people yeah. will really love. Yeah, I, I know that Sarah, you've been wanting to do this one for a while. So I hope it's, I hope it's been it's lived up. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, it has. I feel like I've learned some I learn something new every time I do deep dives into these brands.
0: Yeah. It it makes you appreciate them more and kind of like the efforts that they're putting in there. Oh it's gosh, like, oh absolutely. yeah, I know. I know about your mission and what you're trying yeah. to do in a bit more detail. Yeah, I love it. Um Fab, well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, like I said, we'll we've so much more in our notes, like between us both, we had like nearly 13 pages of notes (laughs) on this brand and everything so there's loads that we also didn't get to talk through so we'll put everything in the show notes on our website um as always thank you for listening we're back um next week for another great episode and we're actually going to dive back into a social topic so we're going to be talking um a few things instagram Um, which would be great. We're going back to our roots a little bit. Um, And then as always, we'll weave in some examples from the beauty industry. Um, Sarah, any, any parting words?
1: I would say if you enjoyed this episode, do let us know and also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. I know that we have a lot of exciting things coming up over the next few weeks. And obviously, Kira and Niamh's trip away next week. So it'll be really fun to, I guess, keep an eye on our stories, see what we're up to. And Kira, I'm looking forward to our catch up next week now to talk all about the trip.
0: Oh, God, yeah, we'll have to schedule in a bit more than five minutes (laughs) at the beginning, I'd say. (laughs) no it'll be really good um sarah as always a pleasure to chat to you and i will talk to you soon see you next week thank you for joining
1: us on today's episode in the world of beauty and branding if you've enjoyed this episode and want to stay in the loop with all things branding beauty here's how you can show your love subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform to ensure you never miss an episode filled with insights and stories from the beauty industry If you find value in today's discussion, we would truly appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave us a review. Your feedback fuels our passion and helps us reach even more beauty enthusiasts like yourself. Don't keep all this beauty wisdom to yourself. Share Branding Beauty with your friends, family, and fellow beauty aficionados. Let's build a community of beauty lovers together. For the latest updates and behind the scenes glimpses, follow us on social media at sociallykira.agency. We're always sharing exciting content, so be sure to join the conversation.